Glad y'all are all here. I want to back up, you know, we're, in, we're speaking kind of in a series of things, but we're speaking about an epoch of God when we are going to take ourselves or try to be more serious. In my, in my words, it's seriously serious uh, about the things of God. We talked last week and I asked you to consider some things of the Old Testament and the way they apply today. And the real root of what I want you, wanted you to grab out of that is that you, as the people of God, you are the nation of Israel, if you will, but even more than that, you are the dwelling place of God. God intends to have a tabernacle in the earth in which He moves among men. And you, each one of you are a portion of that tabernacle and the presence of God is intended, the glory of God, as Jesus called it. I'm going to leave this glory that you've given me while I was here on earth. I'm going to leave it with them and those who come to know you uh, by their testimony. I'm going to leave that glory with them. So God's glory is intended to inhabit you. Now, in order to do that, the tabernacle has to be fitting. Has, there are things that we need to do. And this is, this is what God has been doing in all of our lives is removing, a process of removing all the filth and decay so that His glory would fit comfortably in you and on you so that the world might see. You know, that Jesus prayed, and we know it will come to pass, that we would be one like they are one, them and us, and us and them, so that the world might know that God, His Father, sent Him. So that, that's the important thing. And so that's what, what I'm contending today and this year is that we as the people of God take for granted this privilege we have of carrying His glory, and we don't put enough effort into preparing ourselves to do it. As I read through Deuteronomy and I watch and see, you know, you had Aaron and his sons who went into the Holy of Holies and went into the presence of God and they would come back out and they would reflect His glory to the Levitical, uh, to the tribe of the Levites who were serving around the tabernacle. Not in it, but around it. And beyond them was the Israelites. The other tribes would come. But these people especially when they were in the, the wilderness, but even after they, they got into the promised land, spent a great deal of their time in effort just preparing to get close to the glory of God. They couldn't go into it like Aaron's son. They would just have to get close and see it reflected from Aaron's son to the Levitical priest or to the tribe of Levi and to them. And, and they put all that effort just trying to get close. We think a little prayer time in the morning or an hour on Sunday morning entitles us to the privilege of carrying God's glory. And so what I'm hoping to do in this time is to encourage us to become a little more serious about what we do in preparation for the privilege of carrying the glory of our Heavenly Father in the earth today that we might become a little more serious about what we represent. <clears throat> and I, I present it in a black and white manner. 
There's the kingdom of light. There's the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God our Father, the kingdom of the world. And we have been called out of that. And there can be no darkness in the presence of light. So we have to, as the called out ones, we have to separate ourselves from the things of the world. We have to be totally separate from it. We are not, we're in it, but we're not of it. Those things are not going to control us. I would contend, you know, by deception, that the serpent has caused us to make agreements with the kingdom of darkness that we don't even realize. It's just very little subtle things where we've come into agreement uh, with the kingdom of darkness. And it's so become so much a part of our culture uh, that we don't even recognize it. And we need the Holy Spirit to quicken to us those things in us that are displeasing to God. Those things that are in us that, you know, although God has forgiven us for our sins, there are things in our heart, things that hold our heart, things that lord over us that very likely uh, would be displeasing to God uh, or things that He would want to mature us through. And so that, that's what I hope we're taking a look at. Now we talked about last week about um, Eve's declaration of that serpent deceived me and I ate. And that's my basis of thinking on this. Satan comes along and deceives us and we partake of something and it becomes, well, like the apple was pleasing to her eye. You know, it becomes pleasing to us. And if we remember from Paul's writings to Timothy, um, that in the last days, this will be the characteristics of the people of the world. Mankind will be lovers of themselves, Lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such people as these. So we have to pull, we're, we're being called to pull away from such things as those. The first and the last thing of me, the capstones of that, I think we see very uh, evident in our culture today. Lovers of self, being self-centered, only worrying about me, putting my needs above your needs. Uh, making all my decisions based on how it affects me more than how it affects anybody else, that self-centeredness is, is a big part of our culture, as well as being lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I need to be content. I need to be well taken care of. I need to be entertained well. All of these characteristics are characteristics that are a huge part of our culture, and, and we don't even think about it. I mean... Uh, those of you who have young children, you, you put a timer on their device to limit how much of that they get, but we don't put one on ours. We're watching that TV or that, that golf or that basketball or whatever. You know, We're entertaining ourselves constantly. We're feeding on things other than God. And so I, I think without a doubt we're there, but we don't see that as bad. 
We don't see that as distractions. We don't see that as an instead of God. It, it's just, it's become second nature to us. So as we go through the next few weeks, and we're, we're speaking of these things, we're speaking of you as the tabernacle, you as the dwelling place of God. I hope you'll spend time allowing the Holy Spirit to examine to see if there's anything in us that's displeasing to God, that He'd have us remove or change or, or do anything like that. Causing us to come out of the world, to come out of the darkness, to come out of uh, the things that have become comfortable to us into the light, into the kingdom of God that is intended to be put on uh, display. So I, today I'm going to touch on one particular deception that I think, at least for our day, has made one of the biggest impacts. Now it's very important that we separate between people and uh, the organization, or people and a system. Um, you know, we've got VTS. VTS isn't my identity. It isn't Adams. It isn't Cheyenne's. You know, not yours, Robert or Travis. That's not our identity. We have to separate the people from that thing. The Browns over here have AirTex. It's easy for people to identify that thing with us, but we don't want to. We want to separate. And so what I want to talk about, you know, last week I said that the United States of America and the system of church has never, nor will it ever, represent God. Those are false systems that cannot represent God. God inhabits people. Now, there are a lot of people in America who are children of God. There are a lot of people within the church system that are carriers of God, that are, that are sons of God, and they carry the thing. But there's a level of deception that brings us into the loyalty to that system that we call church. So what I want to point out to you is for you to consider in your scripture, wherever you read scripture, remove that word church. Uh, we know from Colossians 1.24, we speak of the church, his body, or his body, the church. Well, if it's really his body, the ecclesia, those called out ones. That's who it is. Um, but we have, over time, we have... Um, let that word devolve into many, many things. Now, if I say to you, now the church is a people, and you'll say, oh yeah, we know it's a people, but we still talk to the church as a system, and we talk of the church as a building. So where did we get that? How does the confusion come in? Well, the serpent deceived us, and we ate. Um, the beginning of that system of church certainly began in the 340s with Constantine. But the word church, if I understand correctly, what my research says is that in the publishing or in the writing of what we know as the King James Bible, the translators moved away from the word ecclesia and began to use the word kirk or church, kirch. Uh, 
church. And we, and we have evolved that into church, which then has been evolved into a system and a building. If I say ecclesia to you, based on your, your knowledge of Scripture, do you ever think of a building? Can it even conjure up a building? If I say his body, can you get anywhere close to a building? There's a very, very subtle deception that when we in, interjected that word that allowed us to shift and put a priority to a system and sometimes to a building rather than the people of God. Worse than that, that system and those buildings have divided us. When Paul would write to the Corinthians, he wrote to all the believers in Corinth. When he wrote to the Ephesians, he wrote to all the believers in the Ephesians. He didn't have to pin a, a letter to the Second Baptist Church of, of Temple Row in Ephesus. There was one body of believers. The, the Son of God was building His house, the house of God, and it was one. each city had one body of Christ, one group of believers who were called out of the world into the kingdom of God, and they came together on occasion, and they met separately on occasion from house to house, uh, but they were a, it was a group of people. It was not a system. It was not a, um, a building. I mean, they literally fellowshiped with one another in a way that was unique. And we have lost that over time. We've lost it by the way we view these things. And it's just a mild introduction of, of uh, confusion and deception that has brought us to a place where we don't know anything. We know nothing at all. So I want, I want to encourage you to consider when you're reading your scripture and you come to that word church, scratch it out, either write ecclesia, the body of Christ, the called out ones, those called into the kingdom, however it means the most to you to understand that this is a people group, a people whose God, who, who has been sealed with the Holy Spirit, whose destiny is known, whose... Um, Lord and Savior is known that these are unique people for unique times because we have to begin to see ourselves that way to accept the things we're going to begin to call each other out of. Over the next few weeks, I hope that the Holy Spirit will reveal to us multiple ways that we have allowed ourselves to come into agreement with a kingdom of darkness. As, as God would say to the Israelites, we have made agreements with foreign nations and have begun to worship their gods. That was the type and shadow that we were given. As they were coming uh, through the wilderness and into the promised land, God's fear for them was that you would make agreements with these foreign nations and that you would, would take on their forms of worship. Your men would marry their daughters, their daughters would marry your men, and, and you would begin to worship the way they have. And I think that's what we've done. Unintentionally, not out of malice, not because we don't love God, but out of sheer deception, uh, Satan has deceived us into worshiping things that we really have no business worshiping.
Now, just step back a minute quickly. When I say worship, that's what I call adoration. When we give it a place in our heart, we adore something with the adoration that should have been given to God. That's how you commit adultery with foreign gods is because you you will allow these things to take hold of you more than they should. Look at your scriptures. Think about that word church. When you hear church, do you think of a group of people? Do you think of a unique uh, calling on people's lives that pulls them out of the world? Or do you have a tendency to head toward buildings, head toward denominations, head toward system? My call to you is to see the body as the body. See the, see the body of Christ as one body <coughs> that we were all baptized by one spirit into and that there's no division between us because our king is, is the same person. Our king is the Lord Jesus Christ and our kingdom is all of his children, all of his sons. So <coughs> let me ask you to begin to test that. We'll press into this thing further in the next few weeks about how we, <coughs> what is necessary for us to make ourselves available for the glory of God to, to dwell among us, as it should. should dwell on each one of us, and when we come together like this, there should be an intensifying of it, an increase of it, that we see it more and more. Okay? Thoughts, comments before we close? I think, I think about Peter and when Christ said on this rock that there was a church I think it was because of Peter's understanding of his heart and in him like the spirit of God that's what I'm building my church on is that that's the way we should see it and not the way the, the Peter the Pope the way he was. Well, yeah, because what was actually said there, the Lord Jesus Christ said to Peter, Who do you think I who do you say I am? Peter said, Well, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God. And he said, This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven, not by man. And on this rock, revelation understanding from our Father in heaven is what I will build my body on. That's what he's building on. That revelation knowledge from his Father in heaven, not from mankind. Now, you think about us. Most of our beliefs, many of our beliefs, certainly in younger days, came from the doctrines of man, not from our Father in heaven. So you, I agree with you totally, Josh. Totally. Okay, let's go fix some air conditioners. <laughs>